Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. Welcome back to Thank You For You. It is a cloudy day here at the time of recording. Um, (laughs) And as always, I am very excited for this episode. And today's guest is Lara LaSala. And this conversation, we're actually re-recording. I'm going to tell you guys the real behind the scenes story. Um, (laughs) Because the first time we did it, there was just like this weird cackling noise. And the conversation was so good. So (laughs) We'll never be able to recreate exactly what happened last time, but we're just going to like <laughs> let that float away and restart today. Like, I feel like there's very human kind of lessons here of just like, okay, let's be with who we are today and where we are today. And I trust that there's some reason that we are having this conversation again. So before we hop into it, I want to just tell you a little bit about Lara. So Lara is a system sorceress who empowers coaches to ascend to their next level of revenue and impact with less overwhelm and more ease. And I am just so excited because Lara to me is uh, one of those people that like I've known for years in the online business world, like maybe three or four, which feels like 30 or 40 in real world time. (laughs) Um, And Lara has been behind the scenes of so many, you know, big launches, uh, teams. And really, I consider someone that just like knows all of the things. (laughs) So she's an incredible resource, an incredible person to have like on your team um, or in your stratosphere or whatever you want to call it. Uh, So anyway, I'm so excited for you to be here, Lara, and thank you so much. Thank you. I'm always excited to get to chat with you. Yay. So uh, let's start with my first big, giant, (laughs) vague question, which is who are you and how did you get here? (laughs) So um, who am I? I am, as you shared, I'm a system sorceress. I love systems and I love planning. (laughs) So I'm, I'm a planner mm-hmm. <laughs> and really I'm a supporter. I just love supporting people. I love making p- things easier in people's lives. Um, and that is pretty much what I've built my, my business around. How I got here? Well, I in my previous life, I was an accountant. I worked in private accounting, um, which I found to be rather soul sucking. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, I pretty much, you know, I did all the things like you're quote unquote, supposed to do, you know, I went to college, I got the degree, I got the the, the nine to five job with the good paycheck. And, um, you know, when I got there, like so many other people, I realized it was like not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so one day, even though I was like the breadwinner of my family, we had four kids in daycare, you know, I called my husband at lunch after another morning of like pulling into the parking lot and, and like feeling sick to my stomach and said, uh, you know, do you mind if I <laughs> quit my job? And my awesome husband was like, no, please, you're miserable. Like, you know, um, we'll figure it out. So I quit my job. I stayed home for nine months. And then I had a friend who was a VA. So she got me um, involved in the VA world. And I started out as a VA and then pretty much just, um, you know, grew my business from there to launch management, team management, supporting CEOs and, and their teams, you know, together in, um, in streamlining and systematizing their business. So things feel more uh, spacious and and everyone has more energy and passion around what they're doing in the business. Mm, beautiful. When you say 
supporting CEOs and their teams. Can you tell us a little bit more, like what, it, what does that look like? And even, you know, we talk about launches and I feel like in this world, we throw around that word so much and it's like, what does it mean? <laughs> Could you kind of like dig into, to you anyway, like what, what are all of these things? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, for me, launching is like, you could launch anything in your business. You know, typically when we hear launching, people think of live, you know, these big live launches Mm -hmm. um, with all the things. And yes, that's definitely a part of launching. And that's something, that's one thing that I love doing. I love live launching. But anytime you launch a new website or a podcast or, you know, anything like that in your business, for me, that's a launch, right? You're, You're launching something new. You're launching a new offer. And really the, you know, what that looks like for me and how I support people isn't just, I usually come into people's businesses because they're, you know, they're kind of in breakdown, right? Their business typically has like quantum leaped really quickly and their systems and their team haven't quite like caught up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so they're either, you know, spending a lot of time in this business that they created to have freedom. And they're like, ah, well, you know, like not really enjoying what they've created. Um, and they're, you know, they're having breakdowns on their team because people are, you know, I work with a lot of quick starts and they're, you know, they're trying to like, you know, push things out really fast and they don't have like the systems in the space, like for everyone to do it in a way that feels good. So typically I come in and really we're looking at like the foundational pieces of the business, like your processes, your systems, your tech, um, your team, and like how all those things are working together. And when I say systems, I'm not just talking about software and tech, right? I'm talking about all of the pieces and the different functions of your business that all work together in harmony Mm -hmm. to, um, like I said, to make things like feel good to everybody that's involved in the process. Hmm. So I love this. And I feel like sometimes what comes up for people is, <laughs> I, I, and I don't know if you see this too. So let's, let's, we can dig into it. But sometimes I hear people who are like, oh my gosh, I just need to figure out my systems and they're actually avoiding sales. Other times I have people who are so focused on the sales that I'm like, oh my God, but you need a system. You know what I mean? And so I feel like there's a level of mindset stuff that happens around systems and what people need. And then there's also like logistical, okay, you do need things. Um, Do you have some suggestions like how to know, like, are you just throwing around (laughs) the word systems? Like when is it something you actually need versus something that's just keeping you away from what you should be focusing on? Mm, I love that you said that because that's exactly what I was going to say is I, I do think sometimes people get stuck in the I need, this isn't working because I don't have, you know, I don't have this mm-hmm. particular thing set up or this isn't working because I don't have the right team member. Or this isn't working X, Y, Z, right? When really they, some, a lot of time people use it as a distraction from like learning and honing the basic skills of what's going to actually make your business successful and get your results like sale, like being able to sell your, mm-hmm. stuff. well, first of all, making sure you have an offer that is solving a problem that people want Right. You know, or have, and then, and then, and then knowing how to sell it. So I do think that that's valid. And, um, and then there's like the basic systems that you do need in place. And, um, and I think it's a matter of, for me, when I'm looking at systems, I always start with the experience for the, for the, for the client or your prospects or your followers or whatever. So what basic systems do you need in place to provide the best possible experience for them? And for me, that's a balance of like, automation and personalization, right? So mm-hmm. having things like, I mean, the most key thing when I go into someone's business is their their enrollment and onboarding process. Like that's usually the first thing I start with because, you know, if you, if you think about it, right, when you 
when you enroll someone in order to build trust in a firm, like the big decision that they've just made is like, you want to give them the best possible experience of the first taste they have of working with you. So Mm -hmm. where, you know, where can people, so systems like that, yes, it is important to have those systems in place, right? Because it's about, it's addressing the experience, Mm -hmm. but all the other like bells and whistles, you know, are those things that people get caught up in, oh, this person said they're, and I have clients that do this all the time, right? They're quick starts. They're like, oh, my friend's doing this thing. And my friend's doing this thing. And my other friend's doing that thing. And I want to do all the things. And it's like, okay, let's, (laughs) let's all Mm -hmm. take a collective deep breath. And like, which of these things are actually going to improve the client experience or, you know, or lead experience, wherever, whatever stage people are at with you. And then what is the, the best way to implement that? So it's supportive for both that person and makes sense for the team. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that it's so interesting to me because, th- and and that makes sense, right? Like, and I love the idea of like, okay, let's take a deep breath and then like, <laughs> let's look at all of the desires and actually decide what is for you, which I think is just great life advice, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, it definitely crosses over into this world as well. So then you also support people. So there's the systems as far as like automation and tech kind of goes, right? And then there's the people piece of the puzzle. And I would love to dive into that a bit because I know there's Oh, there's so many things that sort of happen as people are hiring and firing and figuring out what they need. And it's it's experimental, I think, at this level of business, right? Um, so I'm wondering, can you share with us like some of the mistakes you see when people are actually hiring team members? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest thing I see is people hiring too fast. Again, most people are hiring like when they bring me on the team or when they bring a VA on the team, when they're in breakdown, right? Like they're like getting to the point in their business where they've been like, oh, am I ready to hire? Should I hire someone? But they don't actually start the process until they're like, oh my gosh, I need to hire someone, right? Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's you're, you feel rushed, right? And you feel pressure to find relief in your business. So typically people are hiring really quickly and Um, that doesn't always offer the space to find the best person for your team. And, you know, the biggest thing, um, the biggest mistake I see is especially, you know, I I help people, a lot of people hire like their first VA or their, you know, their next VA if the first VA didn't work out. And um, typically they're kind of like, oh, do you know how to use ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign or WordPress or, you know, or the systems piece, right? But they're not always looking to see if that person is a good personality or culture fit for their business. Mm-hmm. And that is the most important thing. Like you want someone who's invested in your mission, who believes in what you're doing, who balances you out, right? You don't want someone that's a mini you, you want someone who actually is a compliment to you. And so sometimes people are just looking at, you know, can the people do the things and not if they're an overall fit for where they're taking their, you know, where they're taking their business in the future. Mm. Yup. <laughs> I think that's so important. Just the, the, the piece of the puzzle that really is about culture and values. And like we in the online business world aren't sitting in an office, but I like to think about it that like that sometimes as like, would I want this person in the cubicle, ne- cubicle yeah. next to me? If we were going out to lunches, like, would I get to know them? And not that, and I think this is an interesting thing to talk about too, is like, not that you need to be friends necessarily with everyone on your team, right? right? Like there are different relationships. And I think the employee employer relationship is different than, you know, we're best friends having lunch every day, the coworker relationship. Right. But at the same time, for me anyway, I think it is 
it's probably a personal value, not necessarily a for everyone value, but I do want to be surrounded by people that if we go out to lunch, I want to sit next to everyone. <laughs> like I would never feel like, oh God, no, like, right. Because yeah. the caliber of conversation. And I feel like that for my programs too, when I'm filling things is like, I want everyone to feel mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we're on the same page. Everyone's learning, growing. We have growth mindset yeah. and there's no, I don't even know what the the word I'm looking for is, but I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I get it. And honestly, the, the most functional teams, like highly functioning teams that I've been on do have, like they have that rapport, you know, like we mm. have fun. The meetings aren't just like, you know, we, okay, we're starting the meeting and we're bulleting through this agenda, right? It's like, we're laughing, we're, we're making jokes. We're, you know, we're asking the CEO is like asking how everyone's doing. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a really like, it becomes like a fan, you know, like a family in a sense. And those are, those are the, you know, those are the best teams that, uh, that I've been on. Right. I think for retention wise too, like people want to be in a setting where they feel valued and yeah. seen and appreciated. And when we start to create environments, team environments, where it's like, did you do the task? Yes or no. I'm mad at you. Like, I think it's <laughs> fascinating the way leadership styles come out. Yeah. And I see this too, in like coaching styles as women, but probably just as humans, there's so much crossover in my opinion, between like how you were raised mm-hmm. and like, then what crosses over naturally and, until you are kind of like step into mindfulness and consciousness and checking in with yourself around, okay, how do I want to be? What am I intentionally yeah. creating here? Because if you grew up in a very, well, and it doesn't, sometimes it's the exact opposite of what you grew up in, but the, <laughs> but the level of like, okay, am I creating a nurturing space? Am I creating mm-hmm. a demanding space? Yeah. Like the, the tone and the vibe, like that really is driven by the CEO. Absolutely. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, and, and again, it goes back to the, the built, the team building and what culture, right. You're creating. Mm -hmm. And that does come, that does come right from the CEO. Mm. How do you, like, do you find that there is a certain, uh, balance that works best as far as like leadership style? Um, I mean, I think, I think there is that balance of, I mean, you want to have, I always find it helpful to have some level of personal relationship with people because it opens the door to when issues happen, you know, I mean, difficult things are going to come up, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be breakdowns for all human. When you have some level of personal relationship, you know, people are more likely to have those conversations openly with each other so that you can figure out what happened and and learn and grow from them. I do think there is also that balance of having it be too personal, right? Where, Mm -hmm. you know, it is like the friendship, you know, you're in the friend zone of like, of like, oh, well, you know, they're not thinking, you're not thinking of people as clients or consultants or, Mm -hmm. you know, and that kind of thing. So there, that can cause breakdowns in itself. So I think there's, I think, with that is the accountability piece and like, yes, nurture those, those relationships in a positive way, but also when there are breakdowns, like have those difficult conversations and have accountability, you know, conversations about accountability. So everyone knows that, yeah, we're all here to enjoy this work together, but we're also here working towards a common goal. And like, that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's the focus at the end of the day. Yes. So difficult conversations is one of my favorite topics. It's something that I just, I care about so much in business and in personal relationships. It is so awkward. It is so uncomfortable and it is such an important and necessary part of being a leader in my opinion and of being really like when you're in relationships and care about people, I think the 
responsibility and willingness to sit in that and to have the awkward conversation changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering from like your experience, do you have, whether it's tips or like ways, how how do you tell people to kind of like come about (laughs) difficult conversations and to kind of set the, set the space to actually have them? First of all, I think, yeah, I agree. They're totally necessary and they're really like, you know, use a, like, you know, a really used term, like they're in service, right. To, Mm -hmm. To the other person and to you to have them. I, and I, I am constantly like, I'm such a, I grew up in like a people pleasing household, you know, and like Mm -hmm. avoid conflict at every turn. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is definitely something that I'm still, even as, you know, I'm often in a leadership role in people's companies, it is something still that I, that challenges me. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I've found is difficult conversations, in my opinion, should not be left to Slack or email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's so much to be gained by getting on a call, you know, on a Zoom with someone. I prefer, fa- you know, face-to-face mm-hmm. on Zoom rather than a phone call because um, like they say, there just so much can get lost in translation. You know, your tone, people's body language, all of those things that are really and really important part of communication get lost when you're doing things through email or Slack or however you communicate with your team. So definitely like just jumping on the phone or on the, on Zoom and, and well, you know, Nicole Jackson Miller. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, she always used to say, she was my mentor. Um, in project management. And she always used to say, do the sandwich approach, right? Which is like, start off with the positive, right? And then dial into what what the difficult conversation piece is, and then end with the positive, right? So, you know, always showing appreciation and understanding, right? And then, you know, getting into the meat of what the conversation, you know, gets to be. Um, and then rounding it out with like, okay, how are we going to do this to improve and mm-hmm. like, and use it as a positive step forward. Mm. Um, and I think avoiding, don't avoid, you know, if something comes up, sometimes you may want to be like, oh, it only happened once and we'll just see if it happens again and, you know, things like that. But I think just, again, with that accountability and having the conversation when things happen um, and not in a blaming way or, or anything like that, just to like, okay, this happened. Why did it happen? What can we do to not have it happen again or, or shift things? What does the person need to be supported? What, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So that, you know, then hopefully you don't have to have the same conversation again down the line. Right. And you're all on the same team trying to, right. Trying to do the same thing. And I love what you said about like, not so much blaming. I think coming to the conversation with a real spirit of curiosity of like, okay, what happened here? And I know I've been in situations where, you know, coming into the conversation, I'm like, oh my God, I am mad about this. Like this didn't go. And I know what happened. And then in the curiosity piece of the puzzle, right? In the listening, I'm like, oh my God, I messed up. Like, because three (laughs) steps ago, like I didn't say this, like that wasn't communicated and now we're here. Um, So I just think it can be such a humbling experience as well. Absolutely. I've worked with some really like strong leaders and, and the best CEO leaders that I've worked with, whenever there's a breakdown, they come to the table, like taking ownership first and, and being curious with themselves mm. first. Like what was there something I did? And they'll even in front of the team, like on the team call, if there's a breakdown, was there something that I did that contributed to this breakdown? Is there something you're not getting from me mm-hmm. that you needed to be able, so this didn't happen. And like that, that filters down too, right? So that your team is taking on that level of leadership as well. And mm-hmm. it's, and it, and it's not the blame game. It's like, okay, we, how can we all work together to, to like make the situation better? 
Oh, I think that is so powerful. If you only take one thing away from this episode, like let it be that (laughs) because I think that again, comes across like this is important for all of your relationships. And even like, I'm thinking of in terms of being a mom too, right? Like there are certain times where like, you know, people don't meet your expectations, whether it's your kids, your team, your friends, your partner, all of it. And when you can have the mindfulness to just be like, okay, A, what is happening here? I'm curious. And B, like, how did I contribute to this? Because while it might, you know, technically nothing was on your list that had to do with it, but a lot of the times, like we are creating this in some way, shape or form or didn't, you know, dad and I are cross a T we were unclear in our direction. So their expectations couldn't be met. Um, And just having the curiosity for ourselves changes everything, or at least gives us the opportunity to change everything. 100%. So you have a new program, right? And it's really um, training VAs to manage launches. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And like, as we're talking about this, like leadership and level of responsibility, like I know there are shifts there kind of stepping into like, okay, I'm owning this process. So I would love to hear a little bit about like, why, why when you're stepping into a new role, like, is it important to potentially like have mentorship training around that? Yeah. Well, I think um, a lot of VAs, myself included, when I first started out, you know, they're they're in a relationship that even though you're a contractor, you still have this like employer-employee dynamic a lot of times with um, with the CEO. And so when we're supporters, right? So again, a lot of times you have those people-pleasing tendencies and those, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So I think in order to transition into a leadership role on the teams that you're on, it takes a totally different mindset than the employee mindset, right? You're, again, you're, I just had a conversation with a client about this recently, um, because even still, I've been doing this for five years, and she and I just, our personalities, our natural personalities just kind of put us into that dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. And we had a a difficult conversation that was like, hey, we're not employer employee, we're client and consultant, right? And so, um, it's it's a constant like work in progress, right? That if you're that kind of person that you know that isn't a supporter role, that sometimes you easily fall back into that. Mm-hmm. So I think having um, having the awareness and the curiosity around yourself on like, okay, why am I feeling that you know that that I'm 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 in that dynamic, and then having having someone to um, you know to kind of mentor you and support you in like what what mindset shifts that you, that you can make to like pull, to pull out of that, that dynamic. Cause it's easy to just get, you know, you get in that flow and you get in that cycle in the day to day. And sometimes you don't even realize it till it's like, you know, you're all the way in it. And then you're like, how did I get here? And then now how do I like unwind, unwind all of that and like change the relationship back to like the consultant client or, you know, or, or whatever the case may be um, for, for the, for the team members that you're working with. Mm-hmm. People don't want people on their team that just check boxes. People don't want people on their team just to do the things. You know, they may think that when they're hiring someone, like, I just want someone to upload the emails. I just want, but really, they want someone to create mental space for them. You know, when you're the CEO, you're holding space for all, you feel like you're holding space for all the things in your business. And that stops you from being able to be in the vision and be in the relationship building and be in the, you know, in the, the key functions that you're required in to keep your business moving forward. So when you have someone on your team, that's not just 
executing, but is thinking intentionally about how they're executing and how they can improve the execution and how, you know, how you can get ahead of things to create more space and like things like that, like that is invaluable to have Mm -hmm. on your team. And that's the, that's the kind of people that people really want on their team. You're so right. And that is such a like missed, like people don't realize that that's what they want. I think a lot of the times, (laughs) and it's hard to hire for that too, but when you can show someone that that is part of the value they bring, I think that is huge. And it really does make you stand out among everyone else who is applying for a job. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that goes back again to the hiring process. Um, I have a, someone I'm taking through an eight week hiring process right now. Mm -hmm. And the, what they do is like the smallest, tiniest little part at the bottom of the job post, the, who you are, how Mm. you show up, who you're being is like (laughs) 80% of the job posts because that's who we're looking for. You know, we're looking for someone to be a partner, um, not someone to manage. Mm, I love that. Okay. (laughs) So Lara, tell us like, how do you support people? And if people are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, leaning in, uh, where can they go to learn more? Yeah. So actually, when we started this conversation, like you said, Erin, we had recorded this um, mm-hmm. before and you asked me if anything changed. And I said, no, but actually it did because I kind of forgot what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love it. What we talked about last time. But yeah, so actually the program that I'm launching has shifted a little bit in that it's actually a um, I'm, I'm launching a group program in June and mm-hmm. it's actually supporting CEOs and their VA or team member through a launch. And so it's it's supporting and coaching them both and up-leveling their leadership mm-hmm. through through the launch mechanism, which filters out into everything else in your business, if you didn't know. Because, um, <laughs> you know, that's saying how you show up in one area of your life is how you show up in all areas. How you show up in your launch <laughs> is how you show up in all other areas. Yes. So it's actually supporting both parts in tandem to work together, um, to put systems in place, to put communication in place, leadership in place, so that the CEO has more space and energy to stay in their zone. The VA gets to up-level their leadership and their skills to support the CEO, and they work together to make things feel a lot lighter and more spacious. Oh, I love it. Relationship coaching, but not <laughs> strategy and support for your team. I love oh that. So funny, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. And where is the best place to go to learn more about that? Follow me on Facebook um, and also on my website at laralasala.com. I'll be doing some uh, some master classes and workshops coming up. So just keep an eye on Facebook's the best place, place really to, to stay up to date on those things. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for this conversation, for sharing your wisdom and experience and for being inside of the teams and making them a better place. Like sincerely, thank you for you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for you, beautiful listener. (laughs) Sincerely, thank you so much for tuning in and listening for this episode. I digitally live over at erinlindstrom.com and I spend a lot of time on Instagram where I am at Erin Lindstrom. So feel free to come on over to my page. Send me a DM. I would love to hear what struck you from this conversation. I hope it was helpful. Let me know your takeaways. I always appreciate your shares so we can help get the word out about the show. There is a link in my Instagram bio where there's access to a ton of cool, some of it free stuff, including my sales and money mindset course, which was $497 and I am currently offering for free. So feel free to go get that. We can do some of the inner work together. Hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.